Welcome to Just a Taste. I'm Scott Curry with Chef's Best. We gather to talk about the trends in marketing, retail, and production in food and beverage that are shaping the industry. Today, we have with us Sarah Wangler. Sarah is director and owner of Minneapolis-based Sweet Marketing Success, where she develops and implements marketing and brand strategies for a variety of food companies. I'm not sure where she finds the time, but she is also a board member with the Institute of Packaging Professionals and President, Board of Directors of the Food and Consumer Science Professionals Twin Cities Region. In her past life, she was Senior Marketing Manager for Green Giant Fresh. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's fun to be here. Great. Well, uh, you know, you, you've been in food and beverage for a long time, and you have the pulse in the industry. So what trends do you see are, are fading away, and what trends do you see are kind of uh, you know, up and coming or or are becoming mainstream? Well, um, you know, the, there's lots of different things going on. I think one of the things I'm seeing happening is that people just want to eat and drink delicious food and beverages. Um, and so they're, they're looking for things that, that taste really good. And when two similar or seeming similar things are, are sitting side by side, they look um, to make their decisions based on something deeper that's happening. And that could be price, it could be something interesting that's happening with packaging. Um, maybe it's a product that's easier to shop, where it's easy to see the benefits of that product or the claims that they're making. And sometimes it's a cause or something that the, the company or the brand is doing that makes them um, feel great. I also see one of the things that, that we hear a lot about is because the increase in cultural diversity that's happening and people um, being able to travel to different vacation spots, you see either flavors or the food that they're experiencing coming back um, and wanting those uh, favorite spots to be incorporated into their daily eating patterns, whether it's an ingredient that they're adding into their cooking, maybe a cooking method, um, or maybe a new flavor. So that's something that's kind of kind of fun to tie their their travels or their vacation spots back into their everyday eating. I think that um, people are also looking for the real deal. Um, they want something that's easy. Um, they love customizing it, whether that's extra ingredient, removing an ingredient, doing something to make it special or uniquely their own. Um, and I think people are looking, you know, they're very pressed for time a lot of times and they want to be successful and have everything work right the first time. So being able to provide, um, in the case of like meal kits or foods, being able to provide really great directions so that everyone can have success the first time so it's done right the first time and um, the consumer can experience a really great experience that way I think is beneficial and then I think the last thing people are looking for is a, a solution to a problem that exists whether that's what's for dinner on soccer night or you know what can the kids eat with the nanny that's easy to make and delicious and nutritious so I think those are kind of the five things that I see um, happening that that people are looking for okay so that's a great list, thank you. So let, let's go a little deeper on those. There's, because there is, there's some conflict there, right? Uh, people want authentic. They want mm -hmm. customized, 
but they want yep. meal kits that are quick, grab and gro grab and goes. You know, we, we we've yep. talked on this podcast before about the snacking culture uh, that is product of many things. Uh, I would suppose it's a product of uh, you have um, you know two income families now, uh, but you also have uh, you know the raising of children is becoming a little bit more structured in terms of. Uh, you know, f four soccer practices a week, three dance classes, two piano classes, and and that's just mm -hmm. one kid, right? Um, right. Yet people want uh, food that is even more rich in taste, and I think that's a great observation you made that the cultural diversity or the, the so-called shrinking of the world, where um, you, you know, I, I may visit just as a casual traveler five countries in a year. You know, I might go down to Mexico for a year and experience food there. Maybe I have a trip to Europe and I experience food there. And maybe my spouse is of, uh, you know, um, Asian heritage or, or so, you know, I'm, I'm going to go there and experience that. So how, how is the industry going to kind of deal with or rectify this, this conflict of fast, authentic, customized, but really good mm -hmm. tasting? <laughs> Mm -hmm, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly the, the the summary of the challenge. You know, so if you can find uh, or create products or processes that that assist that in any way, they're going to be pretty successful. Yeah. Um, so uh, you are your company is Sweet Marketing Success, and and you advise mm -hmm. brands on on strategy and, and design promotions and everything, you know, seemingly in between, yeah. and uh, you know, it seems that generally speaking, uh, you know, compared to certain other consumer industries, that food and beverage has been a little bit late to the digital party. Um, so my first question is is whether or not that's a true statement. Um, but also, can brands, how can brands evolve in this new reality given you have changing consumer habits, the rise of mobile, you know, I've heard 92% of consumers say they they trust earned media, whether that's news or social or word of mouth or, or some, you know, anywhere in that, that vast gray area, that they trust that above all other forms of traditional advertising, which is really what food and beverage has typically relied on. Um, so it, is it true that food and beverage seems to be there's a little bit late adopt, adapting to, you know, the digital, new digital reality and, and and what what should food and beverage companies kind of be doing to not to catch up, but to to gain influence in in those areas? Well, I would love to hear um, your ideas about who you think is doing a really awesome job on that. I think the the folks that I I work with, you know, are are the farmers and the growers of the world, and you know they want more than anything to bring the best tasting, most flavorful products, you know, mainly fresh fruits and vegetables to the marketplace. And so they're spending the majority of the time in the fields and in the orchards and making sure that their fruits and vegetables are going to be the best tasting and working with the process to bring them to the marketplace and get them to the freshest, you know, get them to consumers at the freshest point when they when they taste the best and they're in the best shape. So I think that, you know, Fresh fruits and vegetables aren't a manufactured food. You know, you, you can't store them for long periods of time. You need to bring them to the marketplace really fast. And so I just think that the 
the majority of, of farmers and, and growers are, are so focused on taking care of the, the product, the fresh fruits and vegetables, and, and ensuring that they're going to be of the best quality, that there just a lot of times isn't that time to, to spend or the, those resources to spend on, on the digital aspects. So from a sweet marketing success standpoint, what we try to do when we're working with those growers is to make the, the packaging um, you know, be stoppable, be shoppable, and sellable, and include that really authentic um, story and tell it in a very respectful way that resonates with the consumer. So um, just using the, using the packaging to try to tell the story in the, in the best possible way and really honor that, that rich farming tradition, that rich heritage that the, that the farmer brings. Can you repeat? I love that one. Can you repeat that again? Was it uh, saleable, shelfable? <laughs> Stoppable, Stop um, shoppable, and sellable, the three S's. So you want to make the, the packaging be stoppable in that people are busy in the, in the grocery stores and in the stores where they're shopping. And so you want the colors, even from a distance, to be stoppable, to make the shopper stop and take notice of your product. And then within the category or within the line, you want it to be easily shoppable. So you can tell one product from another product and the benefits of that product. And then um, the last one is sellable. And so you want the, the consumer to pick up that product and put it in their basket and, and take it out the door and be able to experience it. So stoppable, shoppable, and sellable. Yeah. It's a great, uh Great, great formula to uh, for our listeners to adhere to, uh, and just remind themselves. I, I think, you know, you, you mentioned the trends, and we, to review them again, you, had, you know, just tasting really good, and and uh, the importance of bringing in different flavors, authenticity, uh, you know, uh, kind of grab and go uh, aspect, and just people bringing. So uh, they want to. They want to align with brands and products that bring that answer a solution or a challenge in their life, and I, I think that also what you're given there is is a good guide for people when it comes to social media, that uh, they should be speaking to what is important to people and not necessarily what they think is important about themselves, and uh, if they focus on on those things in your strategy and your content strategy, you know, um, points to those, then then you're providing relevance to people's lives, which is what is key on social media is, is being relevant because you're um, you you're you're in a contract with them that they're going to give you their time. It might only be two seconds as they're flipping through Facebook, but they're giving you their time. In exchange, you need to provide to them value, and if if that's what people are looking for these days, then I would say that focusing on on those trends is a pretty good place to start with any kind of online digital strategy and creating content around that uh, because it will it will resonate with people and and um, and if your product isn't delicious and grab and go and authentic, then um, you know you, you'll probably struggle or you're probably just going to need to you know. Uh, devise a strategy that is is kind of outside of that realm. So just 
maybe becoming a, a humor, you know, a, a brand based on humor. You see that sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah. There isn't much more to talk about, and the you know, the the, the food's been around since 50s, and so they have to kind of reinvent themselves to be, you know, either probably to be entertaining, really, because you got to be either educational or entertaining. And if you're not that, then what really are you online? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's finding that really amazing, authentic story that resonates in a in a respectful way. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so shifting gears a little bit, uh, tell me about your role with the food and consumer science professionals and, and what that group hopes to achieve. Sure, absolutely. So the food and consumer science professionals is a professional organization for food professionals. And so anyone in the food industry, primarily in the Twin Cities, um, is part of that group. And we meet monthly. And we have speakers each month that talk about the trends, industry um, insights. And we um, have dinner in a restaurant, you know, at the food group. So we're always loving interest, you know, eating at new restaurants, eating foods that are trendy, um, finding, you know, tying those two together. So every month um, we meet and um, bring in a speaker, eat dinner, network, um, chat about the industry. So it's a, it's a great group of people. Awesome. And, and are the majority of folks, are they in R&D, in the food sciences, or, or more marketing and sales? What, what's the typical makeup of the groups? You know, it's a really broad um, there's a, a lot of people that work at General Mills, Land O'Lakes, retailers such as Target, Super Value. Um, people do things anywhere from food communications, recipe development, working in the test kitchens, creating nutrition fact panels, um, marketing. We also have a portion of our membership that teaches high school to students, um, college students, community education. Um, and everybody is tied together based on, you know, their work with food, food science, dietetics, culinary classes. Um, so it's a, it's a wide variety. Awesome. So, sounds like a robust group. And uh, Twin Cities is a great place to, uh, to attract, you know, top talents and influencers uh, in, in food and beverage. Uh, and you're also, I understand, a board member with the Institute of Packaging Professionals. So. Uh, tell me about your involvement there and, and, you know, maybe a few lessons that or, or what you've learned from your involvement in that group. Absolutely. With the Institute of Packaging Professionals, the Minnesota chapter, we um, connect any professionals working in packaging in any way, and we get the really cool behind-the-scenes tours of businesses. Um, so it's a great way to network with Twin Cities professionals in packaging. It's a great um, resource for, for um, the Twin Cities to figure out a, a new source for, for different items. And then we um, have dinner and um, network and help each other out, build each other's business. So this last month, we actually toured Land O'Lakes. So we got to tour the R&D packaging labs and hear about branding and marketing and um, test kitchens and how those areas are integrated. So that was a great tour. Um, every month we tour different places. Sometimes we tour printing companies. Sometimes we tour manufacturing of equipment. Um, but it's always a really great behind-the-scenes tour, and it's um, fun to learn information from the top people at, at various companies and hear what they're doing and hear some best practices and get to apply that to your work. That, that's awesome. I, I'm, 
I'm compelled to ask more questions about what it's like at Lando Lakes. I just imagine these these wonderful <laughs> kind of smells as the butter is made, and um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. one of the great uh, I would say classic classic American brands. Yeah, absolutely. Land Lakes is a great company. Um, lots of really great people. They're at a spot right now where they're expanding, so they expect to be hiring um, lots of people. They're they're growing great. Um, lots of great brands, not only in food but also uh, pet foods and, and um, you know animals. So yeah, it's it's great. We really That's enjoyed awesome. being there. That's yeah. awesome. It's, we like to hear is is growth going on. Uh, you know, especially there in, in uh, a great, great state like Minnesota. Um, well, I want to thank you for your time, Sarah. Um, you know, you're obviously really busy, so I appreciate you, you taking a moment to share with our listeners your, your thoughts on the industry and, and telling us a little bit more about some of those, those great groups that you're involved in that uh, I think clearly anyone in the Twin Cities that is not a part of the food and consumer science professionals uh, or the Institute of Packaging Professionals should check them out. And um, again, thank you for your time, and it's been a pleasure. And we wish keep we wish you uh, you know continued success. Thank you so much. I appreciate this time. Thank you for joining us on Just the Taste, the Chef's Best Production. Join us again next time as we talk to more experts in marketing, retail, and production in the food and beverage industry. As always, visit chefsbest.com to learn more.